Bonjour, this is Monsieur Aventure, and you are listening to The Wheel Nerds. Hi, and welcome to Wheel Nerds. This is episode 88. I'm Chuck. And I'm Todd. We're going to be talking about motorcycles. And as many as 30 blistering horsepower. 30 blistering horsepower? Yes, although not always 30, sometimes a little less. Go on, I'm listening. Uh-huh. You're, you're not listening, you're playing with your toy. Hey, that's a ZX-6R. Yes, yes. I mean, it's a model kit. That's yeah. almost that's almost actual size, or at least it felt like that when I was riding it. <laughs> yes, this is a... Uh, ooh, look at that, the shocks. Are, uh, ooh, neat. They have actual little springies on them. Yeah, yeah. Chuck has model kits. I've got a couple. I've got the CBR1000R and the ZX6R. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking these are the bikes I'm considering for my midlife crisis. The, ZX, the ZX6R, I have to be honest, is... Nice, but not terribly exciting. Uh huh. How about maybe, particularly with my fat butt on it? Because all the dealer, you know, it's the manufacturers now. Look at it. I love this color blue on this thing. This it is a nice color blue. Oh, no doubt about it. they're like Suzuki and Kawasaki. They're offering like zero percent financing for five oh, yeah. years. And they're like, please come, free money. Yeah, I, I'm thinking there's a, a leader bike with my name on it, maybe in the near future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe a Busa. Mm-hmm. You can pick up Busas on the cheap. On the used market. I've been watching KSL. Mm-hmm. Um, come and go. Okay, I, I have a confession to make. There's a bike I've been thinking about picking up used, because I could probably pick it up used, because it looks like it might be kind of fun. Uh-huh. But it's pretty stupid. Okay. I kind of think a used B-King with some bags might be fun. A B-King? Yeah. But you bag on it so much. Yeah, I know. Because it's butt ugly. Yeah. But why B-King? Well, because it's got that great engine in it. It'd just be a hoot. And it'd just be a hoot, you know? Yeah. And it doesn't have all the big fairing, and it's not quite as bent over, you know, yeah. like a couple of just bags for like a day rider for just ripping around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be all right. A B-King. On the other hand, it's a B-King. Yeah, I, I just, I can't, I, I never would have guessed. B-King. Well, you know, I mean, it's not really any crazier than the idea of a street trip, or a speed triple with a couple of bags on it. Sure, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cheaper. Yeah. By far. Yeah. Okay. You know, I spent the weekend um, down at South Bay Motorsports mm-hmm. sitting on Busas and Gixers and mm-hmm. Ninja, you know, what, 1300, 1100, I don't know. Yeah, the big thing. ninjas. Yeah. And now, you're really thinking the leader is the way to go? Yeah. I'm thinking the leader or larger. And I'm thinking bent over mm. kind of posture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I want the young girl with the G-string standing out the back. It's, it's not going to happen. It could. It might. Why you gotta kill my dreams? Sorry. You can find an SV1000. Those rip. Those are ridiculous. Unfortunately, they only have about a 120 mile range on the tank. Ooh. It kind of tickles. But man, are they awesome. Wow, that, yeah, that's pretty short. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know, I sat on the Busa and I really liked it. Busa, I'm told, nice. is a, a, a shockingly non-torturous bike. It's, Quite uh, a lot of people say that about it. I've heard it referred to as a hyper tour. Yeah, a lot of people seem to do that with it. In fact, I've seen the last several of them I've seen have had hard cases on them. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of a whale. It's a complete whale. Yeah. But, uh. <laughs> it even kind of looks vaguely like a whale. It has a tail and everything. Yeah, and yeah. You're just waiting. You hit the horn and it goes. Yeah, I guess the what is it? The its competitor, what the ZX fourteen? Yes, is a, a more modern bike. Mm-hmm. Yep. But uh, I don't know. I mean, they're it's, they're both offering mm-hmm. free money. Mm-hmm. I shudder to think what your insurance would look like. I'm a forty one year old. 
So you're the number one accident statistic no, range now? No, like 20 year olds, 25 No, no, it hasn't been that way for years, dude. Do the insurance companies pay attention? For the last several years. I thought the, it was like the 35. No, no, for the last under. several years it's been the uh, the middle-aged folks and the empty nesters. Is it the middle-aged returning riders, though? Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, I've got that going for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You also have Chuck, though. You Chuck all over you. Well, yeah, but, you know. They're like, so you're Chuck, yeah. You know, <laughs> let me let me get my boss on <laughs> I'm a sedate rider. Yes. I ride at the posted limit. I, I heard you ride at the posted limit. I do ride at the posted limit. Always. Mm. Ride and mm-hmm. drive at the posted mm-hmm. limit. Naturally. You know I'm failing my insurance spy. <laughs> <laughs> you know that little plug thing you can put in your car that yeah. the insurance companies have now? Oh, I don't know about that one. You pl- it's a little chip, essentially. Uh-huh. You plug yeah. it into your OBD port, mm-hmm. and it talks to home and tells it about your driving habits. Okay, and you also, get... You get discounts, depending on your driving habits. Oh. I'm failing. <laughs> <laughs> your 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 WRX is failing <laughs> at driving sedately. It's all like, well, you know, your, your your times a day, that's fine. Your braking is fine. You're going under 80 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> not always the best. <laughs> you, you're not really making average. On that. <laughs> you're not trying very hard, are you? <laughs> Fortunately, there isn't a grade for acceleration curves. <laughs> oh, hey, we have a new fan. What? Didn't you hear the intro today? Oh, Mr. Adventure. It turns out Mr. Adventure has been a fan all this time. He found me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was you. Well, you still can't make passes on the highway on the first, so you better get a leader sport bike. I got to, yeah. I mean, shit, what happens if you have to pass someone? Right, except Mr. Adventure will be like, well, what happened if you have to pull off the road and into gravel? Immediately I'll fall down. That's the answer. Yeah, you'll need, you'll need extra lights on it. And, <laughs> things like that. The, 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 the booster will explode. Clearly. Yeah, well, the radiators on those things are on the front. It will just clog right up. Yep. Thanks, Mr. Adventure. You're so helpful, Mr. Adventure. We're glad we have you. You know, we're really light on classifieds this week. Yes, although the one we have is a humdinger. A humdinger, you say? Mm Mm-hmm. A humdinger. All right, let's look. This is Tan Swaud Chaps. What? $90. Tan Swaud Taps. Chaps. Uh, Okay. Tan swoud chaps for sale. Soft suede leather, fringed down legs, zippered and adjustable waist, only worn once, size medium. Someone's mom made this. Please do not ask what they were worn while doing. Some <laughs> Somebody's mom made this. Yeah, so th- these appear to be some homemade chaps. This uh, was worn for a Halloween party. I do not think that these will actually protect you from anything at all. You know, I don't, I, just the idea of wearing suede as protection, uh, sounds iffy to me. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, here's the, here's the thing. These things are super comfy. The trick is you wear the chaps and nothing else. What? It's a comfort thing. I love them. I have some at home. I think they're lovely. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Why do you well, tell I, me, why do you tell me these things? I don't want to know these things. Well, maybe if you'd stop asking to borrow them. I, 
I need a chamois for my car when I wash it. Okay, all right. God. And I know how much you like washing the car with your butt. Well, you know, that gets it squeaky clean. It's true. Yeah. I got a bone to pick with you. Oh, what's that? You made me spend too much money. <laughs> oh, how did I do that? Uh, you know, you, you pointed me at Rebzilla last week. Mm-hmm. Rebzilla, which I hadn't gone to for like a good six months. Yeah. Which yeah. I was avoiding mm-hmm. successfully mm-hmm. until you sucker linked me. Yeah, yeah. So I bought a helmet. Oh, really? What'd you buy? A uh, Shoei GT Air. Oh, okay. Is and it nice? I don't know. It hasn't come yet. Oh, okay. It's in, it's in transit. I see. Um, it's This will be the first time I've spent more than 150 bucks on a helmet. Really? No. No, that that one, um, the shark was like close to 300. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm looking at a replacement for my carbon fiber helmet, and it's a bad scene. Mm. I, I'm I'm still I'm tempted to just get the Joe Rocket carbon fiber helmet because I know they fit me and they're, it's the best helmet I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm kind of intrigued by these Nolan N43 uh, trilogy ones. Have you seen these? Yes. So it's a, it's a weird spaceman-y kind of helmet, and it can become a three-quarter helmet by pulling off the chin bar. The cool thing about it is with the chin bar on, it's actually ECE certified as a full-face helmet. That's the European equivalent mm-hmm. uh, to the DOT. Mm-hmm. Um that's interesting in the extreme. I mean, it's not Snell certified, but I think I'm I'm, I'm fairly lukewarm about Snell, knowing what I know about it now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of intriguing. You know, people are saying it's very comfy, it's very light. You know those half helmets now that we're seeing with the face guards, the like the oh the, yeah the Skeletor those face look badass. Uh, I got to see some and try them on. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, I swatted the little face thing. Uh huh. Comes right off. <laughs> oh my. I don't, you know, I, I'll, I'll admit, I, I can't remember which one I was looking at. It was a mm-hmm. half helmet with mm-hmm. the plastic face guard that yeah, kind of makes you look like spacey. Spacey. Yeah. Um, and they basically just kind of slide into T slots on each side. That's and, it. And nothing locks it. Wow, that's terrible. I don't know if I, I didn't use the helmet correctly. Maybe there was a latch or something I didn't see, but it was just like slide in, slide out, slide in, slide out. Oh man. And I was just like, that's, because my first thought was, okay. Clearly, it's not a full-face helmet. I'm not going to get full protection. Sure, okay. But if I were to go sliding face down, what would this do for me? Yeah, would this be better than nothing? And it turns out it would just fly right off. <laughs> it would just fly right off. <laughs> All right, well. The one I looked at, anyway. Okay, well, I yeah. But yeah, so, so the Nolan one is, is interesting, and it's supposed to be about the right head shape for me. Mm-hmm. Um, for most of the stuff I've been able to find, I guess I'm just... I'm. The Nolan's two hundred fifty bucks, mm-hmm. um, and of course the carbon fiber is on mega deal three hundred fifty. Um, that's mega deal for a carbon fiber helmet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's actually what I got my current one on. The Shoei was was pricey. Yeah, Shoei's are pricey. But uh, I tried them on at the shop, and the, the head shape seemed perfect for me. Well, that's cool. So, yeah, because you got a pretty you got a pretty round. Yet you're a little rounder than I am. Yeah, yeah so I get a lot of pressure in the front and back of my head from some of the ones you like. And Rebzilla seems to have like a really awesome policy about the helmets, so they're, they're pretty cool. Yeah, I'll try it out and you know see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Get my Rebzilla bucks and you know mm-hmm. all the other stuff. Yep, yep. But and it, I got mine in red, white, and blue. Oh, splendid! Yeah, I didn't get the Tron helmet. I thought really hard about the. Oh Tron my god, helmet. the one with the glowy bits. Yeah, I thought. Oh my god, that looks so cool. I thought really hard about that one. Oh. <laughs> the RF eleven hundred with the with yeah. the yellow bits. Oh yeah, I thought really hard Glowing. about it. Mm-hmm. Yes. That looks badass. Fortunately, I'm safe because I can't wear showies. So, mm. onward. Now, listeners did send in a bunch of mail. Keith had a particularly interesting question. He said, saw something interesting today. Dad, shorts with t-shirt. Let's try that again. Saw something interesting today. 
A dad. Shorts, t-shirt, running shoes, and full-face helmet. Kid. Maybe eight years old or looks to be about. Shorts, t-shirt, running shoes, full-face helmet on a crotch rocket. I had no time to snap a picture. What are your thoughts? I know you guys are pro-kids on bikes, as am I. But where do you draw the line? I'm an that-gat kind of guy, but don't fault others who aren't. Don't we have a responsibility to protect our kids? Hmm. That's an interesting one, especially I say that as someone who's even looking at a three-quarter helmet, which previously I wouldn't have even looked at. Mm-hmm. But the idea of would I accept my daughter in one? No. 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 On a so. crotch rocket. Yeah. You know, this gets really, for me anyways, this gets really kind of hazy really fast. Yeah, it really does. Especially with the you know that last line, you know, don't we have a responsibility to protect our kids? Yes, we do. Do, how much of a responsibility do we have to protect other people's kids? And that's an interesting point. I mean, you see, because my neighbor does that. I've seen him take his son out on a bike. And he puts, you know, a, a helmet on him, but it's his helmet, so it's too big for the kid's head. It's not going to do and much for him. There's no other protective gear, and he's a guy, the kid's basically sitting on the gas tank. Mm-hmm. That's not safe. That's horrible. That's, that's yeah. insane. But, you know, what am I going to do? Run out there with, you know, my samurai sword and... Get no him. pants and mm. yell at him. Well, if you're wearing tan suede chaps, they won't be looking at your face, so they'll never be able to identify you. <laughs> he had fringe. Fringe. The fringe. All I could see was fringe. <laughs> uh, you know what? You should be smarter than that, clearly. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the thing is everybody needs to be smarter about it. Motorcycling is not a sport that rewards half-assery. It's not a sport that rewards stupidity. In fact, it punishes them pretty harshly. It's a it's a sport where you know a simple mistake could be really ugly, mm-hmm. especially with a small kid involved. I mean, a kid un, you know yeah under the bike when it goes over. I mean, any, anybody who is telling uh, yeah, I don't I it, it makes me mad because it is so stupid. I mean, no matter how you want to slice it, no matter who you talk to, realistically. Motorcycling is a dangerous sport. What is a common side effect of motorcycling? What's, what's the thing that happens when you fuck up? You die. This is a reality. Or you get hurt in very uncomfortable ways. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that happens motorcycling, if you really fuck up bad, messy death. And that's the way it goes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same thing with skiing in any kind of serious terrain. What's the side effect of really fucking up? Messy death. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to do that to a kid. To your yeah. kid. Especially your kid. I mean, how do you live with yourself after oh, that? God, I don't know. I mean, you don't. <laughs> it makes me vaguely uncomfortable just thinking about it. Exactly. I mean, if that happened to me, it's the next day I, I put, you know, two extra gas tanks on the motorcycle and I ride off into the desert and never come back. Mm. And at some point in the future, they find my skeleton next to the versus. <laughs> Still no one on the back. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I think, I think it's, you have a responsibility to protect your own kids. You don't honestly have a responsibility to protect other people's kids. I think that's there's a line there. Clearly. But it's hard. I mean, you, I could, mean, you could always start the conversation with the person. Worst case scenario, they say, fuck off, fuck you. And, you know, frankly, you're, you, you don't make any less money than you did earlier that day. And you no. weren't going to be buds with him anyway. And, you know, to be really kind of cold-blooded about it, maybe he helps clean up the gene pool a little. I don't know. That's horrible. It's not the kid's I mean, fault. It's not the kid's fault, but you know the kids got got it in there. I hate to see. Yeah, I, I hate to see kids punished for the stupidity of their parents. Exactly. That's horrible. I mean, it just makes me sick. Mm-hmm. But I mean, at the same time, at the other, the, I mean, the other side of it, 
you're a dad and you want to share this thing you love with your kid. Yeah. So on the yeah, that's well, I guess that's the flip side. Is why not try to do it smart? This could be a dad who doesn't want anything to do with the kid. Well, what do you mean? Nothing to do with the kid. Well, my wife gave me a talk. Oh, when we were getting out of having a kid. So she's like, Look, this is how the birds and the this bees This is how the work. birds and the bees work. And I sneezed on her and she was pregnant. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, she gave me a talk about it because, you know, a lot of, a lot of her uh, in-laws are, you know, fairly, I'm going to go with traditional minded fellows. You know, children are seen and not heard. You know, the men basically don't have anything to do with the kids until the kids are like 10. Mm-hmm. You know, and the women take care of the kids and that's just it. The men go off and play, yada, yada, yada. She's like, you know, that's not acceptable. You know, and I, all I could think is like, I can't imagine. I can't even, I, I don't even like going through a day, a full day of work without getting to see my daughter. Like, I come home for lunch just so I can see my daughter. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't get it. So, you know, the flip side is this dad could be totally disinterested in the kid, which sucks too. Yeah. That said, being excited and being stupid, you know, they, they can happen together. Yeah. I mean, it, it's personal responsibility. You got to draw your own line. Mm-hmm. And I, that's, I would never do that with my daughter. Nope. Neither. So, yeah, that's, that's where we're drawing it. Don't do that. In do that, that vein, stupid. I've got a picture to show you. Oh, yes? Yes. Uh, I took this the other day, mm-hmm. driving home, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't just take it because the there's a girl mm-hmm. saying this right now. I took it because I knew you would get enjoyment out of this. I'll post this on the show notes. Um, I like to call this uh, Susie. Susie, huh? Mm-hmm. Susie. Susie is sitting on the back of a sport bike in high heels. Really high heels. And really short shorts. And I note that there is no seat where she is sitting. She's sitting on the rear cowling. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh. Susie doesn't look terribly happy back there. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was behind him at the light, and I was just like, "Wow, that's a thing." That's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so after I blur out this license plate, I'll uh, throw it on the website. Yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a couple of people sent us this uh, animated GIF of the uh, motorcyclist saving the coffee cup from the back. <laughs> oh my god, that was all over the net. I clearly it wasn't me doing it because if it was me, I would have picked up the coffee cup. Drain the fucking thing and then giving him back the empty coffee cup. <laughs> Thrown it through his window. Free coffee. Here you go, fucker. <laughs> oh, no, I can make it to work without crashing. The most I've done is, is closed people's gas doors, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is kind of fun. Yeah, that is pretty entertaining. It <laughs> people out. Yeah. If they notice, if they even notice you doing it. Mm-hmm. True. Um, A lot of the people who leave their gas doors open aren't going to notice. No, they're not. Uh, but that's pretty cool, though. He, I bet he thought that was a kick. Mm-hmm. I bet. Blast doing that. Yeah. I actually, my favorite thing to do when I'm near cars and a little bored and stopped or whatever mm-hmm. is I start messing with the kids in the back. I like the wave. Oh, yes. The dork wave. Yep. Never fails. Yeah. The dork wave. Or Hi! Hi! Reaching over and hitting Todd's uh, starter. That's fun. <laughs> Fumbling <laughs> awkwardly for Todd's starter. <laughs> I, I was employing the tactics of the stoat. Mm. Do you know what a stoat is? It's like a big weasel. It's like a big weasel. Do you know what the stoat does? No. The stoat hunts rabbits. Uh-huh. And how the stoat hunts rabbits is it's very stealthy uh-huh. until the rabbit sees it. Rabbit looks at it. It looks at the rabbit, realizes it's being seen, and then it promptly loses its shit. I it see. does flips. It's crying. It's like doing all this writhing on the ground. Mm-hmm. And the bunny just sits there and looks at it. 
and looks at it and looks at it and the stoat just keeps spasming out and it gets closer and closer and closer until it eats it. Wow. That's what I did to you. Camouflage through stupidity? Yes. Okay. That's Go fair. look up Stoat. S-T-O-A-T on YouTube. It's hilarious to watch this little guy go into action. Okay, then. <laughs> Tactics of the Stoat. <laughs> it worked. Yeah, you had yeah. no idea what you were just staring What's he at doing? me. You're staring at me What's he, in bewilderment. Is, he, is, he, is something wrong? Is he pointing to a problem? Exactly. <laughs> and all of a sudden, just do. <laughs> <laughs> Except next time I try that, I know you're going to start reaching out. <laughs> I'm totally going to kick you. I'm totally kicking your shifter. <laughs> <laughs> slap fight at the next stoplight. <laughs> slappity, 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 slappity. Yeah. <laughs> If other people didn't think we were dorky writers before. <laughs> this is really going to just drive that home. Right on oh, home. Oh, man. Okay, so we got an interesting email. Yeah, we did. Um, from a project. Project that they've got a Kickstarter going for. Uh, that they're doing a little uh, documentary about. Yeah. Uh, so you, you saw it more than I did. Do you, mm-hmm. you want to talk about so, it? Yeah, it's called Run Across the Moon. So this guy is making, is trying to break the 200 mile per hour mark. On a 125cc bike. What? Craig Vetter would be proud. If Craig Vetter isn't already in on this, he needs to get in. Yeah, so it's the streamliner kind of bike, 125ccs for 200 miles an hour. Okay, so they've got a campaign on Indiegogo raising funds. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got 40 days, and they're trying mm-hmm. to get to $20,000. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll post a link to it, and maybe we can get Scott Kolb here to be, you know, to come on and talk about trying to take 125. CC motorcycle to 200 miles per hour. I have some tips about that, actually. First yeah. of all, downhill. <laughs> downhill. Second, don't sneeze. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it helps if you don't twitch. Um, farting is actually good. You want to think light thoughts, if at all possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And skip the second cup of coffee at breakfast. That extra weight, you just can't afford it. E- okay, yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe we can talk us into being out there when they do this Mm, that could be cool that could be pretty cool so uh, we'll drop emily here online and uh see who we can wrangle up to come on the show and talk about it oh hell yeah we we get other kind of emails but none none of them have been no no we've been getting a lot of spam of people want to advertise strange objects with us so (laughs) like i don't know weird unknown products weird things personal products so the BRC's got something cool happening. Well, not just not the BRC. It's actually Utah Rider Ed. Okay, has something cool going on. Okay, so ATK Motorsports, the folks who make the uh, those, the, they were the ones who were going to make the like the mini, the new mini Harleys, right? The new starter Harley. Yeah, Harleys? yeah, yeah. So we've got a Dale hooked up a deal with them. So if you take the BRC from us and then buy an ATK motorcycle, mm-hmm. they will refund you the cost of the two hundred bucks for the BRC. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they basically pay for your BRC if you buy one of their bikes. Okay. Which you, is pretty badass. Have they, like, are they going to give you guys bikes to, like, kind of show or? I hope so. Or to train on or to. Man, I hope so. That would be sweet. Yeah, we actually still need to try to wrangle a visit out there to look at these bikes. Because mm-hmm. I, I hadn't heard anything about them since that story broke mm. about them doing the, the new low CC replacements for the Beetle Blast. Sure. Well, the, the, the scuttlebutt on the street is that other of their dealers may be doing similar deals in other states. 
I only know about ours, obviously, but that's the that's the kind of the word on the ground. Okay, is there uh, you know, and it's smart trying to get in on that market. Honda did it in Canada in a big way with the uh, the CB125. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a deal. You buy the CB125, you get a Corsa, you get a Jackie, you get a helmet, that kind of thing. Yeah, cool. So that would be that's a pretty sweet deal. Come buy this and then bring it back and buy something expensive in a year. Right, right, right. That, that's a sweet deal. Mm-hmm. Think so. Uh, let's see. Sean sent us. Uh, Drifting videos, mm-hmm. the Ernie V Hill videos. That, you know, it's the bikes versus cars. Yeah, you know, I, I got to be honest. I'm not that impressed by guys who can do sweet drifting tricks on overpowered sport bikes. I am. I couldn't do it. I'd crash. So you, could, you, just, you just get a little on the front brake and you jam the gas. I, I'm pretty sure I I would be really scared. And, and I, I do it on an underpowered sidecar all the time. Well, on a sidecar, that's cheating. Technique's the same. Yeah, but it's cheating. Nonsense. <laughs> okay, you know what's impressive though? What is a guy in some country where they use Arabic for their language uh-huh. doing it on a scooter? That that is impressive. Yeah, this guy is tearing it up on a scooter in the middle of a busy road, which is a little odd. But you know, yeah, it's Arabic countries. And- yeah, who knows? <laughs> Angry email from ready go. Like, we never do those kind of tricks in the middle of the street in my country. I that only happens in the next door country. We do ours on parking lots. I do like the one drifting video where they're racing a Mustang as a cop car, uh-huh. and they have the remote control car, camera car. Uh-huh. That is a funny video. That is pretty cool. It's Watching pretty entertaining. The, the little, little race, whatever they call those little model cars that can do uh-huh. like 60 miles an hour. Yeah. Chasing, you know, the bikes and the cars. That is, that is fun. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. That's a good time. Mm, yeah. I, I got to see Ernie's bike at uh, INS. Yeah? Yeah. It was it was kind of neat just to see the stunt bikes that they used. They mm-hmm. they did a stunt video where Ernie and some other dude went into, because, you know, they got this deal of Triumph. Mm-hmm. They went into, like, the Triumph headquarters, and they were riding their bikes around headquarters and stuff, and being chased by security guards. And <laughs> it was kind of neat. It's, I mean, it's, he's, and he's the guy who did all those tricks with the scrambler. Sure, yeah. I mean, it just, he just seems like kind of a good time, yeah, kind of neat guy. I'm going to do sweet tricks on a motorcycle. <laughs> and I get paid for it. Yay! Yay! So one of the guys at my office met someone Okay. on what he described as a KLRsis. Okay. So it's a KLR with a Versus motor in it. Mm. I didn't get to see this. Intriguing. It sounds cool, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so apparently the guy's going from Texas to Alaska on this this bucket. Uh-huh. Uh, he's got a post on ADV Rider, um, and, it, you know, it looks like a KLR. Yeah, it totally looks like a KLR. Yep. But uh, I recognize that motor. Mm-hmm. There's a Versus motor jam down in there. Oh. Ah. Which, you know, if you were to make a complaint about the one thing the KLR could really use, it's a little more oomph. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, it's, it's kind of cool. Wow. And he's done two of these. Hmm. He couldn't leave well enough alone, so I built another one. He's done, and the third one is in the works. Good heavens. Hey, I, I smell cottage industry. Yeah, somebody at Kawasaki's like, oh, <laughs> hey, hey, guys, I just had a great idea. <laughs> How about pizza for lunch? Yeah. It's a cool idea. I, I, I'd love to try riding one. I mean, I'm sure it rides like a KLR with a versus motor. Uh, let's see. It doesn't feel any heavier than my other KLR, and it's a lot smoother and faster. Go figure. I am I'm intrigued and would like to subscribe to his magazine. 
Mm-hmm. Hmm. Biggest hassles were getting the throttle bodies hooked up to the original KLR airbox filter and mm. dealing with the fuel pump. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, because you have to power the fuel pump from somewhere. Throttle bodies are normally aimed at the bottom of the tank where the airbox is under versus closer to straight up. And, of course, the KLR airbox is under the seat. Right. Flip the throttle bodies and manifolds upside down to get them to about a 45-degree angle. Made a new bell crank for the cables and made a box to connect the throttle bodies to the airbox. Fuel pump was tank mounted and I couldn't put it in the KLR tank. So I made a small tank for it and put it in the battery box along with the electronics. Huh, that's, uh, that's clever. I'm, I'm really interested in this. This is, uh... Mm-hmm. I wonder what happened to the rest of the Versus and the KLR. Do you think they're, I don't know, just hypothetically, in the back of somebody's truck somewhere? It's weird that you bring that up. Really? Why? Hello, Zach. Hello, um... Welcome I really hope this isn't Chuck with Cup. It's, it's not Chuck. He's, he's upgraded from the Cup to what looks to be part of his blender. There's no need for pretension here, Mr. Swaggin. Oh, man. You've come to speak to us of your dreams. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, welcome back, Zach. Hi. Hi, good Long to be back. Long-time listeners may remember that Zach was on last time when he was a student at... Uh, MMI, right? MMI. Yeah. Down and in now, Orlando. And now you're graduated. Now he's no longer a student. Now he's living high on the hog. You're on a street corner with a cardboard sign? And a pig. Even better. I'm on a uh, I'm on a BMW dealership with a cardboard sign. Wow. Nice. Does it say like free bike wash today, bikini included? <laughs> uh, no bikini included. Free bike wash every day. Wow. Well, it's BMW. It's what, what's really yeah, they, free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's free and there's free. So you're a what are you? What's your what's your title? Fancy, well, fancy, fancy guy, BMW. I am German. the black helicopter operator. Nice. Who, uh, <laughs> I swoop down whenever someone presses menu two times. <laughs> and then you give them the cheeseburger. <laughs> and then I change their tire or uh, record with their GoPro or anything they need because that's how BMW works. Wow. So how much lag was there between you getting out of MMI and, and starting this job? There was about a month of me doing nothing and then two weeks of me actually hustling. And then the actually hustling was uh, I only applied to this job. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's a lot of hustling. <laughs> I mainly I went uh, I did a cold call on this job and I said uh, sort of, hey, call me back if you ever get an opening. But I was so impressed by the place, I said, screw uh, screw Tampa, screw Daytona, which I didn't know anything about. They could have been better. <laughs> Turns out they aren't. I uh, lucked out and got the better of the three dealerships in Florida. Wow. Okay, before we get any further into this, there's I know there's a burning question on the minds of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is the pile of parts still in the back of the truck? Yes. Uh, no, I sold it to my friend for $75, and I have a new <laughs> pile of farts. Ah, good. Okay. A new, is, it, is it a nicer pile of farts? A BMW it's pile? a more complete pile of farts. How about that? Mm, okay. yeah, I purchased from the same friend for $100 a 1981 CB650 with two sets of carburetors, neither one complete, no gas tank and a seat that was rotten through. Uh, let's see, incomplete sets of carburetors. Is there, is there enough to make one set? I have one good set. Not one clean set, but one good set. Yeah, yeah, that that's okay. We, we I helped a friend fix his Radian, which has Frank and carburetors. I was going to say, this sounds really familiar. It sounds a lot like Matt's bike, doesn't it? <laughs> the problem with my bike is that 
it's a being in 1981. 1980, they had um, mechanical slide carburetors, and 82, they went with something completely new. So mine has like the CB carburetors that they oh, just stuck no. on there to like pass emissions real quick while we finished development for 83. <laughs> oh man! So it's not even a set of CVKs; it's something else. It is. It is something else. Oh shit! Even more so now than I have two half sets of them together. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, those are really something. I don't know what, but man, there's something. Have you brought they that? They are something. Have you brought that around the shop? Um, the shop is fully aware of how it works. I keep it there 50% of the time, mainly because I don't want to move it around often. Uh, and it you is, need the back uh, of the truck sometimes for other shit. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I have to fit more than one thing. But there is a big box I got from somebody who traded in a Ducati, and they had a box that they kept all their Ducati parts in. And we got of rid of all the, <laughs> we got rid of all their parts because they were useless. But I kept the plastic box. <laughs> and <laughs> this will be my batch case. <laughs> this will be excellent. I can well, put my CV in here. It's going to be his fairing. <laughs> Essentially, the box holds everything that's not on the bike, which right now is everything but the frame and the engine block. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you'll appreciate this. I found a use for a Yamaha Sika Turbo with some friends at a rally. It what turns out is that it turns out you can use them as the counterweight for a trebuchet. Excellent. <laughs> a counterweight being really, I think, the, the natural evolution of the Sika Turbo. Oh, here's a another part you'll appreciate. When I uh, I was redoing the forks on my CB, and after, I don't know, about two hours trying to get them off of the thing because they were rusted together <laughs> onto the triple trees, I finally broke them loose, and at some point between 1981 and now, it had been a front-end uh, collision, <laughs> and both forks were bent back about 15 degrees. So, goodbye forks. So, where am I going to get a set of 35-millimeter forks to fit into this bike? So, I called that same friend that I bought it from, and his cousin has a 1982 GL500, which coincidentally uses the same 35-millimeter forks. I'm sensing a trap. There's, there's There's a... Well... If I need old bike parts, I know who I'm coming to. <laughs> hey, Zach, do you know a guy who knows a guy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so now I have the front end of a 1982 GL500 stuck onto the frame of a 1981 slightly wrecked CB650, and together it's a rolling chassis. Oh, okay. <laughs> R- rolling being generous. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure it rolls. Now, it rolls great because neither front nor rear brakes are together right now. Fantastic. Or on the bike. Yeah, they're in the box. Sure. They're in the box. Naturally, the box. <laughs> the box of parts. <laughs> oh, okay. See, I was all waiting for the, the like the, the professional motorcycle mechanic. Well, what I did was I took a bunch of the Ducati parts, and so I modified them. And now, using this special plate that I've built, using my careful micrometer, I'm able to mount them to my shit pile CB. <laughs> No, I have to do that at work. This is what I do for a hobby. It's, it sounds like he's he's essentially just upgraded his box of parts. It does, yeah. Yeah, it's a new, yeah, I, larger box of parts. I traded the dirt bike for a crappy street bike. And one day, I'm going to buy that dirt bike back, and I'll have both of them. It's a perfect crime. You're going to need a bigger truck? 
I will need a bigger trunk. That's you're gonna all need right. a, You're going to need a bigger box. <laughs> Forget this is Florida. Bigger trunk is just an excuse to get uh, mud tires. Oh, God. <laughs> so, so this job you got at the BMW dealership, uh, did the school help you get it? Or was it just, you? like you said, the cold call? It was. Um, the school helped me get prepped for it. Not officially, but I just talked to all the BMW teachers there Okay. as to what to expect from a... Uh, tech job mm-hmm. and then from that i just went and uh did cold calls to all these places well th- what a whole one <laughs> yeah pretty much uh, <laughs> all of were, these places the one is all, yeah, the all of these places aka the three in florida <laughs> did the other two call you back oh the other two they like get lost oh, okay so i didn't uh they were not very friendly or welcoming so, uh, do you want to plug where you are? Um, it is BMW Motorcycles of Jacksonville. Also, we sell Victory, but we don't advertise that because we rather would not sell Victory. <laughs> really? That's a little surprising since in the Cruiser brand, I gather, they're the ones kind of moving product these days. They're sort of like the... Mm, yeah. I mean... Kind of. I was going to say they're kind sell, of luxury, but... Yeah. We we sell the same as everybody else, but the problem is that the Victory customers don't come back for service. And that is, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I don't care what happens to them then. <laughs> 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 All right, so B- BMWs and Victories, and so you're strictly a BMW mechanic, or will you, do you guys just not work on the Victories, or...? Um, I have become a victory mechanic since going there. I'm not certified in any way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. but there's no one else to work on them, so that's how it goes. Like, no one else who wants to, or no one else who can? Um, no one else who wants to. <laughs> <laughs> like the new guy do it. Hey, hey, who's going to work on this victory? I've got an idea. Not it. You, you know the guy with the pile of shit in the back <laughs> of his truck? <laughs> that's our guy. That's him. That was the first day I was there. They had me changing a tire on a Victory Vision, which is this monstrosity that has non-removable rear saddlebags. So Uh you have to jack it up, take the rear suspension off, then jack it up some more. Then you can get the tire out. You know, the nice thing about the bodywork on those I discovered is that they can only fall over about 15 degrees. Oh, I found that out too. (laughs) (laughs) That's a feature. The best part about this is that uh, before working there, I'd never ridden a motorcycle on the street. So the uh, very first day, I, ha- I got to take out an F800R. I got to take out that stupid Victory Vision, which I did the world's slowest drop at a stoplight. <laughs> yes, it was no oh, clunk. Were they, was that a customer bike? Oh, it was absolutely a customer bike, but there was one thing that saved me. Airbag. Because, well, hopefully it was the airbag, but I didn't even notice because I was taking, I was trying to slow it down as much as I could. I slowed it down to the point that you couldn't tell the difference between me touching the ground and just the general scraping from the customer turning it too hard. So if you look at both sides, they both have equal amounts of scrape now. Mm. So if you're a recent victory customer of BMW Jacksonville. Um, Sorry about your vision, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but you already knew that was coming. You have a vision. <laughs> wow. They scrape parts. It's what they do. Well, it's, a, it's a neat looking spaceship. Mm. Okay. So the vision is uh, just one more thing about those. 
I had to do a on like the third week I was there, which I've been there for a month or two now, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The, the time flies by. But relatively early to me being there, the a vision came in with one bad connector on it. It operated the little light that goes on when you open up the top case. Okay. They have a light and in the top case? That's awesome. It has it has a little switch and it's just a twelve volt and a light bulb. And that one connector went bad. So we warrantied out the connector. It turns out you can't replace just the connector. You have to replace the entire main wiring harness. So I had to do a full uh, two-day two back-to-back, no-other-jobs wiring harness swap on it. And that was an amazing design. Congratulations, Polaris. Wow. At what point do you just, like, kind of quietly when nobody's looking, just snip it and solder a new one on? Um I'm Maybe sure that's afterwards. not what he did. <laughs> I wish I would have. And that would have been so much faster. This way was me fighting a uh, giant anaconda of a wiring harness because everything is one harness. They don't do sub-harnesses like uh, BMW does. Wow. So the fuse boxes, are both of them are fed into the front of it, and they have to be fed up through the fairings. Um, all the fairings have to come off, and you have to connect everything you have to disconnect as you go along, or else you'll never be able to find out where it's supposed to go back. That's horrible. Yes. Yes, it is horrible, but that was the worst job I ever did. Usually it's easy stuff. So far. Well, that, that brings up a so good far. point. So, so you know, you, you go to school to work on motorcycles, and you show up in the dealership day one, and a week later you're like, whoa. So was it like what you expected? Was it different than you expected? Talk to a little, us a little bit about changing between school and reality. Well, in school, there were several uh, tire changes over the entire um, curriculum. Mm-hmm. And then there were lots and lots of valve adjustments. Mm-hmm. That in seems... the dealerships, there are almost no valve adjustments and tire changes every day. Mm-hmm. So they have it a little bit backwards there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a, uh, a lesson quickly learned. The other thing is that in the school, everything has to be done by the book. Whereas in the dealership, there are, there are a couple of shortcuts you can take. For example, when I'm hooking uh, the diagnostic computer up to the motorcycle for BMW, at school you'd have to go get the battery charger and hook it up to the motorcycle just in case something were to happen. When in real life, as long as it doesn't dip below 10.5 volts, which if your battery is in working order, it won't, then you're okay. The only time you need to do that is under uh, programming, which almost never, that's warranty stuff, so it never never happens. Hmm. So that's one of the things. It's like we went and did the hard parts in school, and then in the dealership, it's mostly just scheduled maintenance and tire changes. Mm-hmm. Changed a lot of oil, have we? Uh, yes, I have my unofficial nickname at the shop is Spills. <laughs> <laughs> But that's not just because of the, the victory, right? <laughs> that's not because of the victory, which the victory victory puts their oil filters, since they all share the same engine, they put the oil filter in such a way that as soon as you take it off, it will fall into your pan and ma- <laughs> make a mess everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Zach spills swearing down, ladies I'm, and gentlemen. I'm, feeling, I'm sensing that victory is not your favorite bike. I'm not, I'm not getting a rosy feeling. I was all for victory. I was like, I'm going to work on BMW. I'm going to learn to do victory. I'm going to have the market cornered. Well, I don't – no one likes working on victory. 
Victory doesn't cooperate with their own warranty program. Oh, Victory God. doesn't offer us any demo fleet incentives. Uh, basically, Victory does everything BM. Victory doesn't do anything BMW does, which makes life easy. Hmm. So the general thing is, it does help pay the bills for the shop, but mm-hmm. nobody is really, other than the sales guys, you have to is pushing for Victory. Hmm. Interesting. So have you gotten to uh, change the final drive oil in any of the uh, early 2000s, uh, 1200s, where you have to tip the bike? Uh, those I have not run into. I've been watching out every every single K1200 or the slightly like late 90s to 2005 that comes in. I always check it first in case I end up with that bike so I can be prepared. <laughs> We're going to need a hoist and a rope and a, a donkey. <laughs> I think I've only gotten one, but it was already retrofitted, uh, as in somebody drilled a hole and tapped Mm -hmm. it, and then there you go. Mm -hmm. Proud tradition of drilling holes and shit. Yeah. So have you had, like, any really weird things happen or things that you've worked on? Um, Not really, but there are – the best ones are always brake failure for when customer lets the pads get down way too low. Hmm. My best uh, best ones are – shared and they are that I got a Ninja 250 in on trade-in that needed an inspection and that one had brake pads so thin you could if they were off the backing you could probably see through them (laughs) wow so he got his money's worth I think he wins the contest for closest to 21 (laughs) (laughs) and then the other one we have is actually in the shop right now and that it's waiting on a rear caliper from Germany. That lets you know uh, the scale of what's going on. Mm. What happened was, this was a customer, he bought it for his wife, and he was teaching her how to ride on it. It is an F-800 something or other. And he was teaching her how to ride? Like That's, always, that's always a recipe for good times. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, so it has brand new bike teaching her how to ride, and she is dragging the back brake. For who knows how long, because by he brought it in saying that when he went to fill up the he saw that the brake fluid was low in the back, filled it up, and then now all of a sudden it lost all pressure. So what happened was she rode the back brake so long that it just cooked them, and the pads fell off the backing, <laughs> and then she kept pumping it, pumping it until it was metal on metal on both sides, and. <laughs> When he put that extra little bit of fluid in there, it was enough to pop the pistons out. <laughs> so now the pistons, and it kept on getting hotter and hotter. So now the sure. pistons are welded to the calipers, <laughs> and, oh, and no. the brake pads are what's left of them is welded to the pistons. Oh. So everything is just one chunk of useless metal now. Oh, man. Object lesson, don't buy a brand new bike to teach someone to ride on. <laughs> Don't try to teach your spouse. Oh, wow. So have you kept in touch with any of the other students from MMI? Are, are they having like similar I'm, – I'm curious like if they're having similar success in finding jobs, if they're not, if they're – you know, what are they doing? Do they have a box of parts in the back of their truck? Um, I'm pretty sure none of them have a box in the back of their trunk, but I'm I'm trying to get in contact with some of the guys I know. Mm-hmm. But I only had a few of their phone numbers in the first place, and I had to get a new cell phone. Uh-huh. So there goes all my contact information for them. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
But I've been curious about that same thing myself. Yeah, because it sounded like it just walked. You just walked right into it. It was. Mm-hmm. You're you're yeah, like the commercial for MMI. There there are people there are people right now with fifty hundred two hundred thousand dollars of college loan debt going. Oh man, <laughs> I fucked up. <laughs> oh, what have I done? Oh, I'm flipping burgers. Did we yeah. cover last time how much it costs for the the whole MMI? MMI was since I dropped Honda and got out early with it for BMW. Did I mention that last time? Mm-hmm. I don't. Did you, I don't remember? Yeah, re- remind us. All right, last time I was somewhere in the course of going into BMW in BMW somewhere like that. As BMW is coming to a close, like the last two weeks, I decided that that was what I wanted to do, not Honda. So I dropped Honda, graduated, and went uh, and goofed around in Ocala for a month. Mm-hmm. And then I went and looked for a job, and then here I am. Okay. So, like, how much did that run you? <clears throat> that really, was... I'm really curious about how the trade schools are. Mm-hmm. That was just south of 25000 somewhere in there. Oh, okay. So it was it was less than originally suspected since I took six months off the total amount. Oh, nice! I could see that. that he he dropped Honda, but he didn't tell anyone he dropped Honda. So the whole time he's farting around and wherever he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm totally working hard here at school. It's tough. Yeah, what's that? The, the music in the background? That's the guys here in the this shop. Is the shop. Yeah, yeah." There's girly posters and magazines everywhere. I gotta, I gotta go back to studying now. <laughs> that would have been a lot easier than actually dropping Honda because when I when I decided I was going to do it two weeks in, it takes two weeks to do it. So the whole time I'm fighting with all the office workers every day, isn't this paperwork done? I need it done because I need to graduate by a certain amount, blah, 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 blah. Or else I would have to pay for Honda and not go to it. <laughs> that uh, that would be suboptimal. Yes, that that sounds pretty par for the course for any kind of school bureaucracy. Dum, 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 You know, the college I went to, I, I had a registrar stare me straight in the face and was like, "You know, those two years of Japanese you took? Yeah, that doesn't count as a foreign language." <laughs> well, not in San Diego, <laughs> <laughs> apparently. <laughs> I right, so, so I, I want to know what. So you've worked on the Vision and it made you nuts. You've worked on the seized entire brake system bike. So what's actually the coolest bike you've gotten to work on? I mean, have you had anything come in that you're just like, wow? Um, I've seen. We got here's a story. We got two sidecar K1200s in the same uh. day. <laughs> they had. Uh, I didn't know this was a thing. They had. Zip hydraulically adjustable camber on them. Oh, uh, so you little. <laughs> you'd have a little switch on the on uh-huh. the left handlebar, and it would zip, zip, zip up and down. Oh, so nice. Keep both hands above the table. <laughs> I'm scared. They both came in. They were both the same color. I don't think the same guy owned both of them. <laughs> <laughs> if he did, I know who his new best friend is. Hi! That's a nice sidecar! <laughs> Oh, look, I got Todd all over it. I just, <laughs> I just took it off your hands. Those were probably the coolest uh, bikes that I can think of. Other than that, just having nice bikes come in is pretty good. And BMW customers are good about that for the most part. 
What, what kind of perks do you get as a BMW employee? Um, if I had any money, I could get a big, a relatively big time discount on a bike if I was buying one from the dealership. Oh, really? But I don't, so I won't, so I can't. Oh, really? Can you buy bits of it and put them in a box in the back of a truck and eventually you can assemble them into a working bike? Eventually, they can all be retrofitted from several other similar models <laughs> into one working model. Pretty sure Johnny Cash had a song about that. Yeah, yeah, you just take a piece a day, you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. So, so what, what if, you know, one of your friends had a chunk of money that they wanted to buy a, a bike with? <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure no one has asked him that. Um, actually, nobody has because BMW, the cheapest BMW, which is actually a load of crap, is like $11,000 at the door. What's the load of crap? It's got to be that. That is the, the G650GS. It is, uh, it does nothing that a KLR can't do and for triple the price. Mm-hmm. And it's not that's... even, it is ridiculously slow, is what is, because uh, you get used. That's the thing. I was used to dirt bike speeds before, and now I'm used to like S1000 speeds all the time. <laughs> so when, the when are you getting on S1000s? The S1000s come in for service, and they're usually beat to shreds by guys who take them out to uh, any of the tracks around here, uh-huh. <laughs> and just they bring them in. Okay, time. Uh, it's about to blow up. Time for a. I'm still in warranty, right? Okay, let's do a service. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll just go test ride this. <laughs> yeah. I've actually, I've on a, uh, all the bikes that come from Germany and I have to uncrate and set up and everything, those have a minimum 15-mile test ride on them. So that's always fun. What's the maximum? The maximum is uh, up to how much you like your job is how much the maximum is. <laughs> I, I kept hearing this weird pinging noise, so I had to put you know. It, you know, you know this 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 S one thousand makes a funny noise coming down through a hundred and second gear. I think I need to take it out again. <laughs> yes. How long does it take to to put a bike together from the crate? Um, today I did a customer ordered the brand new Waterhead GS. I did one of those in about three hours, <laughs> but that wasn't that wasn't in a rush because he came to pick it up and got bored and left halfway through me doing it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, no, no need to rush now. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 donuts. Dun, dun, dun. So I'll just go test ride it. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah. We have a uh, we have a rule after I this is I've set several shop rules now. <laughs> one of them is no test rides after five o'clock, because one time I went on a test ride with the new eight hundred Adventure, and I got stuck in traffic, and I gave up on that and I crossed through the median. I went the other way. I got a little over enthusiastic, and then I got pulled over. And then after I got pulled over, I had to get back in traffic because there's no other way back to the shop. <laughs> so I got – we closed at 6. I got back in like 7.30, and everybody was angry. I'm like, I'm just going home. Get out, get out of my way. <laughs> and, and you're still employed. And I'm still employed because Jeez. there are two other techs there. Uh, there is a master tech and a certified master tech but newer than me guy. Okay. And the master tech, his first speeding ticket on the job at Daytona was doing 75 and a 25. <laughs> so, yeah. 
So you're pretty tame by comparison. Yeah, yeah. I only did uh, like nine over. He had triple the speed limit. So he, <laughs> I think he wins. And he had both wheels on the. You, you had both wheels on the ground at the time. As far as I could tell, the, you know the suspension travel with these uh, adventure bikes. There's just so much I couldn't tell. <laughs> wow. So, so I gotta ask this: You're in there. You're assembling the GSs, the adventure models. Have you ever considered just leaving the beak off? Um, I think here's a late and breaking news for the wheel nerds. I think I figured out what the beak is for, or was originally for before it became a styling thing. Okay. If you go through a river at high speeds, that beak will keep water off of you huh. if you're standing up. Because I may have the, we may have a corner of the shop parking lot that floods whenever it rains, and it <laughs> rains every day, and it may have gone through there too fast. And, and the beak saved me when I was standing up. How do you feel about that, Todd, that the, the beak has use? I am a little shocked, but it does make a certain amount of sense. Yeah, the Strom just has a gigantic fairing that does that. Um, does it? Does it excuse the beak? No. Okay. No, there's no excuse for the beak. I mean, the BMW still has a pretty large everything. Oh, it does. <laughs> My goodness. I mean, what here's it... a disclaimer on the beak. The new ones are fatter than they are long, so I don't know how that would work. Uh, I haven't done it with the new one. This was like an 1150 GS. Mm-hmm. And the new ones also have a lot more fairing than the older ones did. Mm-hmm. So whether or not it's necessary, highly doubtful. But uh, it's it's become a styling thing, as you guys know. How about the next time you're putting one of these bikes together, you take a picture of it without the beak and send it to us? Mm, that would be cool. All right, I will do that. Cool. No, nice. I actually have to go. Uh, just to just to let you know how great the Wheel Nerds podcast is. I have to go out of my way to take the beak off because they come with the beak from the crate. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to have to perform a beakectomy. This is going to be the new thing, actually, for adventure bikes. I think we can make this new cool thing. The beak you know, removal. Well, it's just like, it's just like when the sport bike guys are like, "I hate this fender in the back yeah. because I like a big strip of mud up my ass." We could sell a kit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> beak removal kit. kit. Now prepare yourself because I've seen I've seen the beak off on a couple different models, and it doesn't look any better. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Lipstick on a pig. <laughs> yes. Okay, we, we want to see it. We, we'll, we'll put it up for the listeners to, to look at. And, oh yes. and, and vote. Mm-hmm. Beak or All no right. beak? And that's interesting that it comes with the beak on because they're probably thinking no one will stick this on if we don't do it. <laughs> Everyone will leave it off. It's cannot, so horrible. We cannot allow that from the factory, yeah. <laughs> they leave the front tire off, but they definitely have the beak attached. <laughs> if we do not put the beak, no one will put it on. Turns out there's like eight bolts holding the beak on, and a couple of them have Torx heads, and a couple of them are metric, and a couple of them are standard. <laughs> and, and they're all, uh, uh, oh, what's the word? Loctite it in? Yeah, red Loctite everything. <laughs> a couple the of them are is. deliberately seized. <laughs> The best part is there are eight bolts, and they are all torques. <laughs> I'm, I'm on to their tricks at BMW. He's going to get five bolts out, and an alarm's going to go off. <laughs> what was that? It's the beak alarm. Shutters come over all the doors. <laughs> A big German guy comes out of nowhere. Hey, what are you doing, Zach? <laughs> The bigger, blacker helicopters show up. <laughs> I do not see a work order for this beaker in the room. 
This isn't part of the repair manual. <laughs> we we have ways of dealing with you. <laughs> okay, so taking bikes to the shop. You talk about BMW owners are pretty good about bringing in okay bikes. So it, if you're bringing your bike to the shop, what are kind of like the do's and don'ts for a customer to have a painless, easy time of it? Um, know what the labor rate is already and don't argue about it for half an hour. That's the number one thing you can do. <laughs> uh, two, have the bike relatively free of large dirt deposits. That saves time. And that's about it. Well, I'm And know what, know what you want to happen. Because there are guys <laughs> that come in and they go, oh, well, I need a tune-up. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, I need you to change the oil. Okay, what's the problem? I just need you to change the oil. Uh, turns out your valves are coming out of the cylinder head. Who knows what it is? Hmm. But they they self-diagnose a problem and then think that scheduled maintenance will make it go away. <laughs> so don't do that. What, what if they, so they show up things. and they're like, yeah, it turns out my bike is running shitty. <laughs> Hypothetically. The <Chuck> customer. <laughs> what's the symptom? Runs like shit. <laughs> That is, we have one in right now that uh, the guy just dropped it off. He said, yeah, it, it, it won't turn off anymore. And we're like, what? <laughs> it's possessed. <laughs> he said the ignition key will not turn off the bike anymore. BMW so has then, finally gained sentience. <laughs> yes. So it turns out, we've, we found out today by calling the customer bank that it only happens when he left it out in the rain for a long time. Oh, well, duh. <laughs> yes. So we're, we're like, this is not as big of a mystery as you made it out to be. <laughs> oh, oh, that was useful information? <laughs> yeah. Oh, did I, did I forget to tell you the only part that mattered? It was submerged in a pool. Oh, yeah. The, the steering's a little funny. Oh, uh, I did hit a uh, car with a front wheel. <laughs> <laughs> At 80 miles an hour. <laughs> Things happen. So so that, that the bad customer that's just clueless doesn't give you tell you what's going on. I guess I, I I have to ask, because Chuck won't forgive me if I don't, what about the Todd customers who come in and tell you exactly what's happening and exactly what they want done and aren't really willing to listen? It depends. If they're right, then it saves a bunch of time and I'm happy. Mm. If they're wrong, then it just becomes a headache. Now... Have you had to deal with many of those customers? Uh, not really. Because okay. the best part about the dealership being a mechanic there is that I have the service riders to be uh, the buffer uh, between the annoying customers and me. Because I'd be curious to see what you know the percentage of who you know how many of them are right and how many of them aren't. Mm. Mm. It would be interesting. Yeah. Now, one thing I do enjoy in all circumstances is the customer bringing in the wheels for tire changes already off the bike. Mm. That saves uh, me a lot of time and it saves the customer a lot of money because then they don't have to pay for me to take them off. It's For me, it's easier to just do it that way because then you don't have to. Yeah, yeah. I, I do it routinely in the parking lot with the Ural. <laughs> what are you on? I'm on the three-wheeled bike that only has two wheels on it right now. Uh, I just <laughs> take the wheel off and throw it in the trunk of a car and... You know, it's better than leaving my bike somewhere and walking off into the sunset. Well, the problem with that, you see, is my car is also the thing I'm getting the wheels changed on, which coincidentally happens to be the Euro. <laughs> you see the problem for me. Yeah, for you. Now, here's something I don't have uh, much perspective on. How much time do they do is the normal amount for tires to be changed? 
as far as how long you can expect to wait? If they're not doing anything else, I mean, I, I'll get two changed in half an hour. Yeah, it'd be pretty quick, but usually there's a, a wait. Most of that time is, you know, the prep time, getting the things off, getting the scuzz off the rim, maybe the new strip on, and, you know, all the prep BS. And then the tire goes on, and it pretty much goes around the big Whirligig machine, and they balance it. Yeah. Yeah. Just wondering. I'm I'm much slower than half an hour, but I'm, I've broken under 40 minutes before on a full tire change. Well, that's the other thing they don't tell you in school, is that you are going to be slow. <laughs> Well, it sounds like you're getting a lot of practice. Yeah, I do get a... When I came in there the first time, I'm a uh, sorry customer who had to wait two hours for their tires to be changed. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, we, we have spills on it. Yes, we have we have spills on it. He is uh, he has never actually done the entire range of motion here between bike comes in, bike goes out. It will be several minutes. He, he doesn't quite speak English. We're not sure what's going on. He routinely wears a football helmet around the shop. <laughs> but don't worry. Your bike's in good hands. Let's see. Any, any cool stories or anything else you want to talk to us about? I am starting a podcast, which I will not shamelessly plug right now. I will pay you guys $5. Oh, wait. What? What? Money? Yeah. You guys said uh, $5 for whatever you want. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and that was in one of the other podcasts. Yeah, that was. Uh, we're actually going to come up with like a whole pricing structure mm-hmm. if I can figure mm-hmm. out how to get that working on the WordPress. But yeah, what's what's your? See, I'll, it's I'll be, pay my five dollars. What's it going to be about? It's going to be about stuff like the Honda because oh. the Honda is only that. That's only my bike in the back of the truck. You should hear about my friends' bikes in the back of their trucks. We've gotten a, a kind of a glimpse into. That. <laughs> we we. We know we know about one of them. <laughs> so what? what the <laughs> I said this sounds like a podcast that's relevant to my interests. <laughs> so what's you, in the box podcast? It's about it's about pile of crap bikes. <laughs> I like this a lot actually. Welcome to what's in the box. We're your host. Here's a here's a top sneak preview. My I have the Honda and I've only stripped it down to the frame. My friend has a 97DR650 that he has completely torn apart. Only the front half of the frame is original. Wow. Everything everything else, and also neither of us have ever built any custom motorcycle of any sort before. So he has it's taken okay. a much bigger jump into this pool than I have. You, you need to hook up with the 555 guys. Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> something tells me Zach would look at them and be like, you candy asses. This, this, I'm the 333s. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're kindred spirits, I think. <laughs> All right. Well, pretty cool, man. Thanks for coming back on and telling us about, you know, the, the after story. Hey, no problem. That's uh, after. Yeah. It actually worked out. Who would have thought? Yeah, when you get the podcast ready to launch, you know, give us a shout and buy us some tacos and, you know, we'll hook it up. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Thanks a lot, man. All right. Talk to you guys later. So you think he's got the the KLR and the versus in the back of a truck? This sounds way too nice for him, to be honest. (laughs) I think he could afford, you know, if if you were selling KLR parts to Zach, he'd be like, can I buy, like, one of the forks now? (laughs) Maybe in 20 years he'll have the the parts in a box. Mm -hmm. Yep. Hmm. I wow, that's that's pretty cool though about Zach. And the, the whole he's like a walking MMI commercial. He is. He is. Now I, you know. In fairness, 
I imagine Zach is probably not the average person at MMI. He's kind of on the ball. Yeah, I do remember when we talked to him the first time, he, he seemed to, to stand out versus his classmates. Yeah, the implication was a lot of people were there because they didn't know what the hell to do with themselves. In his case, he didn't know what to do with himself, but he figured he'd try something and actually, you know, apply himself to it. And it's it's something he's clearly really interested in. Yeah. And hey, it seems to have worked for him. He gets to work on BMWs and victories. Victories. He seems really psyched about the victories. <laughs> Really, really psyched. About That's victories. a weird combination. I never heard of. I, I'm too used to BMW and Triumph. Or BMW, BMW dealers and... often have a lot of the boutique brands with them. Yeah. Because the boutique brands actively seek out BMW dealers to go with. Triumph goes and seeks out BMW dealers to sell their bikes at. That makes sense. Uh, Ural does very frequently. Yeah. And on and on and on. San Diego, it's BMW and Ural in the same shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here we've got BMW Triumph. I don't know. BMW and Victory does seems like an odd fit. Uh, you know, not really. It's not like they're really competing with each other for the same customer. They're not? I, I don't see those customers going the same customer thinking, I'm going to go down to the... Well, sure, but if you're the Victory shop in town, if you're, yeah, if you're the that's only where the Victory guy goes to. If you're the only action in town, yeah. And i got to figure that, you know, Victory shops aren't exactly thick on the ground. <laughs> yeah. The one in San Diego shares, it's in that one big shop with everybody. Mm-hmm. Ducati, Honda, Suzuki, Yamaha, Triumph. Mm. It's like one giant mega store. Wow. And not a one person there can see you. The girls see me. Well, only in as much as they feel vaguely uncomfortable and want to move away. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Mail. Mail. Okay, let's see. What we got? We got a report from Steve. Mm. Tonight on I-70 west of St. Louis, two squid billies passed me in the inside lane. The usual squid attire. T-shirts, jeans, sneakers. They were riding universal Japanese sport bikes. UJSB. Mm-hmm. Of the 600cc variety, I think, with aftermarket pipes. Ahead, ahead on the other side of the interstate was a uniform representative of the Missouri Highway Patrol. Oh, goody. Apparently giving driving advice to a cager. As the squidbillies reached the nice officer, they both grabbed clutch and hit throttles, bouncing off the limiters. <laughs> uh, huh. Oh, UJSB is derived, of course, from the UJM, mm-hmm. and I'm very proud of it. But well done. Good, congratulations, Steve. So, yeah, Billy is taunting the, the highway patrol. I'm sure that will never go wrong. Uh, they were on the other side of the interstate, so they were probably fairly safe. I'm sure they can outrun a Motorola. Uh, I've known a lot of guys on sport bikes that have outrun cops. There are two chuckleheads on sport bikes on the highway where they can only exit at certain points. Go get them. I've known quite a few people in San Diego that have gotten away from cops. On a highway? On a highway. Okay, I guess I'm I'm a little skeptical because the highway is limited access. It's limited access, but what they'll do is, um, or at least what, what... I've heard or done, not done, not done. What I know is um, generally when they run from cops, they run from cops near them or their friends. Mm-hmm. So they get, they get off at the next exit, mm-hmm. they go straight to their friend's house and throw the bike in the garage. Oh, okay. So they go and hide. Yeah, they basically. go and hide. You go and hide. You run and hide the bike. Mm-hmm. The only time I've heard of that backfiring was my friend's brother, who uh, his oil line blew while he was running. Oops. So he had to pull over and sit down. Hi. And he said he had to wait a few minutes. Hi, <laughs> officer. <laughs> Do you know how fast you're going? No. 
gonna have to take you downtown. Can you can you tow my bike? Or the the other alternative is you run, you get outside, you pull over, and you strip off the the, the plastic dip. Oh yes, the plastic dip. <laughs> you know, I actually had elaborate plans for a bike that would change color by use of little panels. <laughs> yeah. Did you see a black sport bike go by? Yeah, totally. He went that way. Oh yes, yeah, so he went that way. I'm here on my yellow cruiser. Yep. <laughs> it had a Goldwing uh, 1800 as a base uh-huh. because I need all the extra electronics to push all the little motors that make things go in and out. Okay. Yeah, bars that would go up and down. Okay. The fairing would tilt, and then it would have it has air suspension in the back, so you can raise the rear suspension in order to change your front rake. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course I'd have something elaborate where the the three into the six into six pipes would start all under one pipe on each side, so it looked like your standard Goldwing type exhaust. You drew this on graph paper. Didn't I you? drew it. On graph paper. You drew it on graph paper. I did. You weren't wearing pants when you did it. Uh, I was wearing suede chaps. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle wrote to us, "Hey guys, I love your podcast and listen every week. Usually Yay! while I mow the fields where I live in rural Maryland." I got nothing about Maryland. I'm in the process of rebuilding a 1970 CB350K2. Michelle, we have the man for you. <laughs> I have been for nine months. I'm stubborn, if not skilled. Just we put all definitely the, know the guy. Put all the parts in a box in the in back truck, of a truck. And drive to Florida. It'll be love at first sight. And while your podcast isn't particularly relevant to that, I think one might be, I really for enjoy you, the you guys talking part and the other people talking about bikes, bike stuff, things, and more stuff parts. Yay. Anyway, I just found out that after months of hoping for a spot, I have the opportunity to work as support staff at the AIM Expo in Orlando in October. That's the American motorcycle thing. Since you seem to go to these eventy events, I wondered if you'd go to this one as well. I'll check those to them. If not, you should because I would like a sticker. Also, because the exhibitor listing is pretty diverse. Check it out. We'll put the link up on there. And that's from Michelle, PHR and certified passer of MSFBRC. Will you buy me dinner? Chuck needs tacos. I'm good with tacos. Nothing wrong with tacos. I like tacos. Those are not Maryland tacos. I don't know if they know how to do tacos in Maryland. Well, they're, they're going to be, it's going to be in Orlando. That's true. So That's I, true. Uh, yeah, Michelle, if you buy me tacos, I'll go. Or one of those Mickey Mouse ice cream things. Oh. With the eyes that always seem like they should be really good, but never are. Oh. He'll run out of air eventually. What have you learned this week, Chuck? Michelle is probably filling out a restraining order right now. I've learned that if I have a piece of shit bike, the best thing to do with it is still to put it in a box in the back of a truck. (laughs) And that's all we got time for this week. Until next week, I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. Ride safe, everyone. We'll see you next week. If you listen to us on iTunes, please write a review for us so that we can get some more exposure and hits. Thanks. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheel Nerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent.